Are you concerned or confused about crypto? Then this edition is for you. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find local doctors who take your insurance. Learn more at ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, I've been looking forward to this particular conversation for quite some time, and then something turned up in the news that spurred me on even more. I'm happy to welcome back Brian Chaffin, uh, formerly of the Mac Observer, now of Geek Tales, um, to Mac Voices. <laughs> Brian, great to see you. Thanks, Chuck. It's good to be here, man. I appreciate that. It's kind of a it's kind of weird to hear that intro. Well, it's it's stuck in my throat a little bit. It's like, yeah, oh no, I got to change that. I got to modify that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you and Dave were kind enough to come on and talk a little bit about that particular transition. Yep. Um, how's it going on your end so far? It's weird. Still, it's just weird. It's just weird. That's okay. Yeah, it's I weird. Can... People ask me that, and I say, I say, it's weird. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. Like it's become a it's becoming a litany in and of itself. Well, that's. Hey, when you when you break up any relationship that has gone on that long, um, I don't care what it is—a uh, marriage, a, a, an employment, um, an ownership, whatever—it's definitely changes things. Yeah, I'm sorry about the fog bank that just rolled in through my yeah yeah that's office. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not really sure what that's about. <laughs> you might want to close the window. <laughs> oh, it's like you know, but uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that's strange. Maybe it'll go away. Yeah, or or maybe I'm about to go away. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's there's these little angelic light rays coming from behind you. I hope that that's what I mean. Of, yeah, that's a little a little strange here. Are you still with us? Yeah, Brian? There is there is no there is no actual fog or smoke in my house, and I have an excellent smoke detection system. So, um, could it yeah. be ser- seriously? Is it uh, the um, is it the light coming in and hitting the camera? It must actually be. So why don't Chuck? Why don't I just shut those and we'll start this over? Is that right? Okay. 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 We we fixed the fog bank, and now yes. Brian is back um, from yes, his, in uh, the dark. his underground layer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so so things are weird. Okay. So I think the intro to this show just got weird. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. That's all fair. Brian, I've been trying to get get you on uh, scheduling-wise to have um, a, a crypto discussion to sort of get an update on the crypto world. And okay. a headline that came across my uh, my screen just two days ago as we recorded this is the cryptocurrency market has, lo- has lost approximately $130 billion in the last 24 hours. Bitcoin and Ether uh, reached their lowest levels since July and are down 50% from all-time highs. That's from CNBC. Yep. Um, wow. What's going on? Well, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the broader markets. I mean, you know, parallel to this, the stock markets um, took a poop too. I think that's what the kids say. So, uh, it, plus... There, I mean, the Feds raised uh, or announced that they were going to raise interest rates. This is really much more about a broader, um, uh, a 
broader economic issues, macroeconomic issues than it, it was anything specific to the, the crypto world. You know, all of the cryptos lost some amount, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum are the two biggest, and that's why those those were mentioned. Uh, so, you know, I, I everyone listening to this sh- should know something about me, though. My crypto outlook is very, very long term. I own several cryptos. They are all worth fewer dollars today than they were a couple of weeks ago, and I don't care. So, when if you're listening to this, you should understand that that is that is that is how I think about uh, about the crypto markets. It's, it's, it's a very very uh, and I'm, I'm not. I don't even honestly. I don't even care about the markets. I'm much more interested in crypto technology and the things that it either can do or could do or might do than I am about like like every. In fact, every time someone comes to me like and asks me about investing in crypto, I I sort of I sort of shudder because it's it's I don't like the word in investing personally i mean don't get me wrong it probably is an investment uh but i don't i'm certainly not going to be offering anybody any investment advice i'm not licensed to do so and you probably shouldn't listen to me anyway even if i was but the um uh it's the technology and what it can do and the value that 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 brings that interests me in the crypto space because you bring up a great point. Neither one of us are licensed to give investment advice. And so let's, let's just get that real clear right away. Um, and I should add, Chuck, I own a little Bitcoin. I own a little Ethereum. I own some Cardano. I own some Dashcoin, some Litecoin, some Dogecoin, some Chainlink, some Solana, some Avalanche, some Polkadot, some XRP, some EOS, and Fetch and Hedera Hedgecraft. Hedgecraft. Oh man, Brian, you're 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 you're. There's so many things I want to get into here too. Here, so why do you? Since you just did that list, why are you invested in so many different kinds of of crypto? I don't like that word invested. Well, why do okay. I own so many crypto? Uh, each one of those I came to for probably different reasons and at different points in my my. Uh, crypto life uh dash coin was interesting to me at the time because it was uh super fast and it there were dash coin faucets that's how i got into dash coin same with litecoin same with dogecoin same with um um same with bitcoin and i'm not like i don't care about the meme coins dogecoin has no business being worth anywhere near what it's worth it has no business being worth Anywhere near what it's worth, I'll just yeah, I'll just repeat that, I guess. So, uh, I but I do own a few still, and that's why, and I'm and I'm ticking it off for full disclosure, not because I'm like some Dogecoin fanatic. Okay, okay. Um, to, to go back to your comment about invest, I, I think that's very interesting that you ca- categorize it that way. I've read a couple articles that say that that's the way you should think of uh, of crypto as first an investment, but more. Just as you said before, very, very, very long term. This idea that crypto can be used um, to buy things right now is just not a, a great idea because of the volatility. 
Um, and so I, 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 and then you come on and say, you know, well, I don't think of it as investing. Not sure what you would call it other than just you own um, those, all those, uh, those crypto options. But I, I applaud you for the long term thing because I think it's like any investment, as much as I know you hate that word. Um, it, it's like stock market. You know, if, unless you're a day trader and you follow it literally by the minute, you need to think of the stock market in, in long term uh, terms. And so, yeah, what do you call it? There's, an, there's a joke. What do you call a day trader? Like, you know, broke or homeless or, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, when, so let, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, talk a little bit about that from the standpoint of that there's this concept and we may have mentioned it before on one of our shows, Chuck. Uh, it's called hodling, H O D L ing. And hodl stands for hold on for dear life. And I'm personally, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, uh, I haven't traced it back to the first instance, but I'm personally convinced that it was someone on Reddit uh, misspelling hold, and then it became a joke. Like, you know, someone did a typo for hold, typed it as H O D L, and then said, "Oh no, no, no! I meant to say that. It means hold on for dear life." So, in the crypto space, there's this whole joke about being a hodler or hodling or hodl, and that's that you buy and you hold and you don't sell. So I am a hodler by nature. I tend to also hodl my uh, stocks for what that's worth. And I don't try to day trade. And, and in addition to basically being a very long-term looking person, if you're day trading, you're trying to compete against people with sometimes billions of dollars where many millions may well have been invested in how to screw you, the small guy? Like, there's the whole like, uh, you know that what's that? What's that term? It's the term for um, there's hedge funds that have that have bought rack space on the same data centers that the exchanges are held in, and what they do is they look at incoming trades and then they buy they buy stocks fractions of a second before the little guy stock orders come in or they sell before uh, the the little guy orders come in so that they can basically make a little tiny fraction, but they do it, you know, millions, a tiny, a little tiny uh, profit, but they do it millions of times a day so that it adds up. I mean, you're competing against people with enormous resources who are employing people who are enormously intelligent and have, uh, uh, in some cases, developed all kinds of software to do things better than you. So, like, day trading, to me, is a fool's errand. Your mileage may vary, and I'm sure there are people who uh, um, think of themselves as day traders and, and, and are laughing at me and telling, you know, saying that I'm the, the idiot, and that's fine. To me, day trading is a fool's errand. I'm not sure I 100% agree with you, but I, I think that you've brought up some really excellent points. That there are people out there that you know have bigger, better guns than you do when it comes to this fight, and so yeah, you, know, you you better be really, really serious and willing to take your lumps. Um, so I buy I buy company like in the stock market. I buy companies that I believe in that are doing things that I think are, but believe in from a financial standpoint, uh, who are doing things, producing value, hopefully making a profit, and uh, you know there there are companies that I am that I have some level of interest in. Same thing holds true with my crypto holdings. Okay. 
and at this point in the show, we should probably say, because um, somebody's going to tune in and say, what the heck are the, is this conversation doing on Mac Voices? Um, and, you know, it's one of those uh, topics that I'm, I'm interested in. I know, obviously, Brian is. But it's also, if you're into technology at all, you have to be paying attention to this. If you're not, you're kind of missing out because this is becoming now something that is affecting economies, um, countries, yeah. more than people. So whether you are using a Mac to manage crypto, to mine crypto, although that's probably, that's a real fool's errand, um, wh- whatever, you know, it's something you need to be aware of. And that's why we're talking about it. I, I don't blame anyone for not being interested in crypto. And there's nothing that says that if you don't get into crypto, you're going to be left behind. I don't think it's that kind of thing. But there's a there certainly is a big intersection in the technology space with crypto. Well, listen, when you start seeing that um, any market has lost 130, uh, what is that, 130 billion dollars in the last 24 hours, uh, I think it's something that is probably worthy of just a little bit of attention. You know, especially sure. again if you're if you're into technology. Okay, so you don't like invest. You don't like the phrase investing. So you know you, but but you obviously are holding a a a a decent number of crypto. I'm not about to ask you for any amounts. Um, is it still something, Brian? You think that sh- people should should educate themselves to and get into? Because that's kind of why we're here. Should I? I so I I don't like the word should. Uh, I mean, I do. I believe in actively investing your money. Like one of my um, one of my f- uh, favorite things to come along uh, uh, for the Apple Context Machine was a sponsor called Wealthfront, and I loved being able to encourage people to put their money to work and, and to to start as early as they can putting their money to work. Uh, I feel like putting my money in crypto is putting putting that money to work. Uh, and if you have an interest in it, it's, it's probably a good idea to do so, but I, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to use the word should. I mean, there's plenty of places to invest money and everyone has different risk tolerance. Like one of the things I tell people is don't put money in the crypto markets that you're not comfortable losing. You know, for years and years and years, Dave Hamilton and I have both been saying uh, like in five years, crypto could be at, $5,000, it could be at $50,000, or it could be at $0. And we were saying that when crypto was like it, like, or when Bitcoin was like at $2,000. And, you know, and sure enough, it got up to 68 at one point. It's right now, it's at this very moment, it's at 36,600, I think. Um, and, but it's a non trivial chance that any crypto or even all the cryptos could be worth $0 at some point. It, it's, it's possible. There are, there are technology risks. There are security risks. Uh, in addition to uh, like any like I mean, governments could regulate cryptos out of existence if they if they really wanted to. Um, any given crypto could could end up having some kind of security flaw that that wipes away all of its value, both from a utility standpoint and from a from an economic standpoint. Um, the I mean, we don't we don't know about those things, and and lots and lots of brain power has been thrown at finding those problems. But we, you know, who knows what's going to show up tomorrow? Who knows what kind of effect quantum computing is going to have on the crypto space? We we don't know that yet. Um, and also, 
there's the risk and security that you personally have in how and where you hold your cryptos. So if you're running your own wallet, you could lose your password. If you're running your own wallet, your machine that it is running on could be stolen or lost or broken or damaged in a fire or flood. And if you don't have backups, um, like uh, uh, it's it's a very very good idea to put backups in in uh, uh, you know to, to back up your 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 password and any kind of security keys that you need to access your wallet. It's a very good idea to to have those backed up somewhere that's not your home, like safety deposit box, for instance. Um, th- there, and if you're storing your crypto on an online wallet, now you run the risk that they're going to be compromised, unless it's a place where you own the keys. If you own the keys you're back to the same problem. If you lose your keys, if you lose your password, your crypto has gone, right? So be very aware of what you're doing. Understand where your money's going and be aware of the risk. Everybody's risk tolerance is different. Some people find a savings account to be, you know, the only thing, the only kind of risk they can handle or a certificate of deposit or bonds. And, you know, people with a very low risk tolerance should probably stay away from the crypto markets. Okay. Assuming someone has tolerance. A lot has changed since you and I started having crypto conversations here. Um, there are yep. a lot of, uh, a lot more, I, I, I don't know of any other word, Brian, commercial operations um, for crypto yes. that'll let you get into crypto. Is there anybody or any guidelines that you would offer that uh, where, People should, things that people should look for. And I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, you to say, oh, this site is good, this site is bad. Um, but more just, you know, what do I need to know when I'm selecting how I get into crypto, where I store my crypto, who do I trust with my crypto? This edition of Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find local doctors who take your insurance. There are some amazing doctors out there, but really, the only ones who matter to you are the ones who take your insurance. With ZocDoc, you can focus on doctors who are in-network, making it easier to find doctors who are right for you for every reason. No more hunting down that cash-only chiropractor a friend recommended, or the dentist whose office is just down the street but out of your network. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. In-network is important. But even more important is finding a doctor who suits your needs and your personality. That's why ZocDoc lets you see real patient reviews of the doctor you are considering to see if they fit you. And what good is a great doctor if you can't get in to see them? ZocDoc makes it easy to find the right doctor and book a time slot that works for you. Go to ZocDoc.com MacVoices and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com. ZocDoc dot com slash Mac Voices. Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting Mac Voices. Yeah, those are all very, very good questions. So Coinbase has done the most to make putting your money into crypto easy. Uh, Coinbase is an exchange. It's an online exchange. They also offer wallet services and you can, I think you can also get crypto loans. I don't know if they're actually paying interest like 
there's a company called BlockFi that will pay you interest on your if you deposit your crypto with them. They'll pay you interest on it, and then they loan it out uh, at higher interest rates, just like a bank. Um, uh, I know that you can get a loan for crypto at Coinbase, but anyway, that's sorry, I'm getting off track. Uh, Coinbase has done the most to make it easy. Now their fees for using regular Coinbase are pretty high. It's like fifteen bucks a transaction, and like I knew I had a friend who was like every couple of weeks he was buying fifty dollars in Bitcoin. And he was paying $15 a fee per transaction. That's not good. Right. And, and a lot, and a lot of people don't, they don't understand that. They don't necessarily understand, uh, uh, you know, how the fee structures are set up. And if, if their entryway into buying crypto is through Coinbase, they're not going to have any sort of basis to comparison. It's, it's very understandable. Uh, and what, Coinbase, I mean, the reason why Coinbase is charging so much is because they've done so much work in making it easy. They also offer a pro interface. It's pro.coinbase.com where the fees are a lot lower and the interface is basically aimed at, at uh, people who actually understand how to put in, uh, how to read charts, how to put in buy and sell orders, how to, what, what a limit order is, uh, what a stop order is, and uh, uh, and it's essentially a lot like all of the other crypto exchanges that are out there. But the the main, just Coinbase.com, they've made it super easy to do. Uh, they've been around for long enough that they're probably as trustworthy as anyone can be in this space. So, I, and I certainly have used them. I've been a customer and I've recommended friends and, and family to them. So, so you're comfortable with, with Coinbase as... Um Let's see. How, how, how do I want to say it? I guess as a place to acquire crypto as well as to store crypto. Well, I don't. Um, so with Chuck, you're familiar with the. It's my dog, Ichabod. And you are familiar with the concept of, tra- of security uh, uh, being a trade off between convenience and, and security. No, I think we all are. Yeah. So um, that is very much so in the crypto space, especially when it comes to wallets. An online wallet where you log into your account and you can access your crypto is very, very convenient. Um, The problem is that that online wallet becomes a giant honeypot. You know, the bad guys are trying to compromise it every second of every day. So... What Coinbase does, uh, it's it's a um, it is a non-custodial wallet, meaning that you do not own your keys. Ichabod clearly has some thoughts of his own on crypto. He does, and the people outside who are talking, ah. the crime. Um, the uh, uh, it's a non-custodial wallet, so uh, you don't own the keys; they own the keys. The trade-off is that if you lose your password, they can reset it for you. That's great. That's super convenient. The bad side is that if they're compromised, you can end up losing all of your crypto, and uh, they're not insured. It's you can't get FDIC insurance on on uh, uh, crypto accounts. Uh, blockchain.com 
is a custodial wallet. So it's an online wallet, but you own the keys. So if you lose your password, they cannot reset it for you and your crypto is gone. But it, uh, but you can access it from anywhere that you can log into your account as long as you have those keys. That to me, is, when it comes to running an online wallet, that's probably, that's probably the best place for, for long-term storage from my vantage point. Because uh, it does have that 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 cross between uh, security and convenience that it's in a, it's, it's in a place that I'm comfortable with. Um, the other options there are hardware wallets. Uh, there are things called cold storage wallets where you you write down your keys on a piece of paper and stick it in a bank. Like you know, it doesn't actually you're not running software anywhere on any device whatsoever. Um, but from the standpoint of what you're actually what you're actually asking me, if you're comfortable with the risk of losing what you've put into Coinbase, it's probably fine. <laughs> okay. Um, you, am, 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 am I being am I being too coy? I'm not trying to be coy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to be no. honest. Oh no, no. I you know I I mean. Okay, so you brought up a, a several, I think, important points just in that those those last couple sentences. First of all, this is th these are not sorry, but these are not insured investments. These are not insured accounts. Yeah. So that yeah. is really, really important to know. So you know that means that if if you know three people open a bank down on the corner here and I take my money down to them, uh, well, I'm, they might pay me a great return. I also might lose it all because they're not insured. Um, yeah. So I, th I think that's that's critically important. Um, I don't think you're being coy at all. Um, I think you're just pointing out, you know, the pros and the cons because this still feels a little bit like the Wild West. I mean, it may be getting better, but there's still no guarantees out there. There's a lot of speculation going on, and it does seem like the more the I, I don't follow it like you probably do, and like a lot of people do. But when I come across crypto articles, I have the sense that the whole thing is constantly evolving. And it's evolving fairly quickly. It is evolving very quickly on a number of different levels. I mean, you've got first, second, third generation cryptos. Um, you've got fourth generation cryptos that are coming. Um, uh, a whole lot of the technology is evolving, and it is evolving very, very rapidly. There's a lot of very bright people. And unfortunately, there's a lot of scammers and grifters. Um, out there too. That's always going to be the case, especially when there's money involved. Um, you've got really fun and interesting things like the NFT space that has become a thing in the last year. Um, uh, you know, th there's just a there's just a lot going on. You you kind of skipped over the cold storage thing there, and I I was wanted you to elaborate a little on that. So if I have my crypto in in cold storage. And I'll let you explain what that is in, in a little more detail. And you say, I have keys to it, and I write them down, put them in my safe deposit box. Okay, that's great. I have the keys. Where's the crypto? Well, that's the – okay, that's great. So welcome to Blockchain 101. Uh, when you have a wallet, even if you're running that wallet on your Mac or your iPhone or your PC or whatever, you – don't actually you're not actually storing anything on your device you're merely accessing the blockchain so a wallet 
is is really it's it's your collection of data including addresses and anything that those addresses hold on the blockchain but you're accessing it you're not keeping it like like when someone sends you bitcoin for instance and you launch your wallet and you're waiting for the wallet to sync up to the network and and to to sync up to the blockchain and now you see you see that transaction come in and you think okay well now i've got it it's, it's safe on my computer well it, it was never on your computer you're merely accessing the records that say that your address received it and that's all that's all a wallet is it's an interface for looking on the blockchain to see what was done with your with everything that your wallet has created and controls does that make any sense? Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, and and this is where I think we we all try to uh, struggle with metaphors to understand. Um, so, in but but in the case of something like Crypto.com that we talked about earlier, they're doing we did the not same talk thing. About crypto.com. Oh, we, I'm we did sorry. Not talk, Who did we talk about? We talked about Coinbase, and we talked about Coin, blockchain. Coinbase. I apologize. In the case of okay. Coinbase, Coinbase is just an intermediary because they're doing the very same thing. They aren't holding. They aren't storing any any piece of data, or rather, other than your license or uh, your your key. Is that mm. correct? Well, no. They're actually one big giant wallet. So you have an account, and that account has addresses associated with it. But all of those addresses are essentially being controlled by them. Which essentially means, and and I'm running, I'm running right on the edge of knowing just enough to get to myself in trouble. Um, but because I, I I haven't, other than understanding the broad strokes, I I have done no research whatsoever into understanding how blockchain actually provides its wallet services. But um, I'm what what I would imagine is it's either one giant wallet or it's a series of wallets where they have everything, and that's probably the way I'd want to do it, where uh, they're sequestering different accounts to different wallets so that they spread out their the they have you know they're mitigating their risks somewhat, um, but they're they're also merely accessing the blockchain and then they're running software that that sort of like helps you understand where stuff is. Okay. I don't feel like that was a good explanation. Well, it, it was enough of an explanation to to say that I need to be careful. Um, one of the one of the other earlier great points that I, I meant to bring up again is that you know when you're accessing one of these services, the larger the service, the bigger the target they are. The, as you said, they're they're a honeypot for people trying to get in yeah. and and steal. So that's another reason that um, I mean the way you're describing it, it feels like the cold storage thing would be one of my best options because then as long as I am personally responsible, I am personally responsible for, you know, whatever I have invested and stored or what's the right t- term. You um, use your, ter- use the term you want to use. Uh, owned use the on, term. Okay. Owned on the bit yeah. on the blockchain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think the, I think the response is yes. Okay. Is that, is that a, I mean, now I'm relying just on me, and and my bank, and you know the the medium that I have that uh, is storing those keys for me. So that that to me, from what you've said, feels like okay. I'd much rather take that kind of personal responsibility because 
I'm not going to be nearly a, as big a, uh, a target as some of these other wallets. Oh yeah, so like uh, doing a non or doing a custodial wallet where you where you remain the sole owners of your keys. That is to to me that that's if you're going to do an online wallet at all and you're going to you're going to put anything that you consider to be a lot of money or a lot of crypto into that wallet uh i personally wouldn't do it unless it was a custodial wallet where i own the keys okay small amounts especially small amounts where where like you want to be able to move stuff you want to be able to trade stuff you want to be able to uh you know buy things lol no one actually buys anything with crypto but uh you wanted to be able to buy stuff you wanted to be able to you know send crypto back and forth putting that into a non-custodial wallet that's fine but if you consider it a lot of money and that's going to be that's going to be you know specific to any individual like you know what may be a lot of money to you may not be a lot of money to me and may not be a lot of money to someone else if it's a lot of money to you you probably want to be in charge of the keys Exactly. Exactly. You once again you passed over something there that we touched on just a little bit earlier, but it seems like more and more businesses now. I, I see. In fact, there are a couple um, sites that I buy software from now. They're accepting um, crypto in payment, and it's like, okay, well, you know, that's fine. Um, I'm not going to do that because I'm not fully understanding it a lot. But are there any advantages? to using any crypto to pay for any goods or services at this point in time? Well, that's a great question, Chuck. Um, let's say that you were a nerd 10 years ago and you, you know, bought yourself $20 in Bitcoin. That's now worth, I don't know, or, you know, maybe a thousand bucks in Bitcoin and, and, and now it's worth tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you want to go spend that on something? Yeah, there's probably some advantage to you to do that. Unless, of course, you actually think it's going to be worth millions of dollars later. Then, then you know, that's a decision that you have to make. But um, crypto, the crypto markets are so volatile. It doesn't make crypto a good medium of exchange for daily commerce just doesn't you know if if the crypto that you buy today is worth twice as much tomorrow or half as much tomorrow i mean like how how are you supposed to actually make you know business decisions in particular based on that it's very very difficult there are such things as uh stable coins that are tied to the dollar and so you essentially have like if if you buy a dollar's worth of that stable coin, it's going to be worth a dollar tomorrow, and it's going to be worth a dollar the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Um, but you know, I don't know that I don't know that you're getting any kind of real convenience for daily commerce out of that yet. It's still going to be way faster. It might be more expensive, but it's going to be faster to do it with your credit card. You just you just picked that as the perfect phrase, daily commerce. Um, I mean, I understand there's some security and ownership uh, uh, tr- uh, pathways, I guess, um, breadcrumbs, if you will, 
um, about transactions on the blockchain. And that there are advantages to that, but the daily commerce thing, and yet I can, I mean, I can go to my local giant store, which for those of you that aren't here in the Northeast is a, a supermarket chain and pour in a bunch of coins into a Coinbase machine and get up, uh, get out a, a crypto. And, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that's interesting. You know, why, why I would want to do that is beyond me, but. It's Coinbase machine? Oh, maybe. Coinbase maybe. company? No, no, I don't think it's Coinstar. Coinstar, thank you. Excuse me. My, I misstated. So Coinstar. they'll pay out in crypto these days? That, yeah. At least they were a few huh. months ago. Because I walked by and, and it, it turned my head. It's like, really? You could get an Amazon gift card. You could get, obviously, cash back. Or they would pay out in, in crypto. And and I think it was Bitcoin. Huh. Coinstar Bitcoin machines. Yeah. 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 So That's fun. Go. Yeah, so you know th- this is this is why I think this discussion is important because it's encroaching on uh, to use your phrase daily commerce. The second part of our conversation with Brian Chaffin about cryptocurrency will be in the next edition of Mac Voices. Brian will continue educating us about cryptocurrency, talk about staking, and helping us decide whether or not we want to be involved in the world of crypto. That's next time on Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.